Probably the thing that everyone comes to me about is that they have to be on Instagram. Hey guys, uh, welcome to the Bob Lowe Show. Today we have Lucy Bluefield. Lucy is an e-commerce expert and also director at Business to IC. They help you know human beings bring game-changing physical products to market. So they specialize in building e-commerce businesses in the shortest amount of time possible. Uh, Lucy is also the founder of Matter Skincare and product management instructor at Academy C. Uh, Lucy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, Lucy, can you tell us a bit more, uh, tell our audience uh, what uh, more about Business to IC? Yeah, sure. So basically, I had a really successful skincare company back in 2015, and we grew it from zero to 10,000 customers in 18 months. And it, we also doubled the industry average for customer retention. So most e-commerce businesses will have about 22%. Convert, uh, customer retention and we had a 40% rate so it was really high and it was a really successful business and basically when my business partner and I decided to go separate ways and close that company down I took everything that I learned in that business and I brought it into a consultancy so that I can help as many e-commerce businesses as possible and that's what I now spend all day doing and it's the best job ever. Great great stuff um, so tell us some of the you know types of products that you have brought to market? So we are working with a couple of different businesses at the moment. We have one lady who is manufacturing a shoe line. So a big problem with people that are overweight is the foot widens. And currently most standard shoe companies don't actually cater to these people. Um, so she's launching a whole new line range of shoes and eventually apparel that will serve that market. I'm really excited about that. We have people who are manufacturing products and developing them at the moment, which are a little too soon to talk about. And then we also have more established businesses too that are already in the game, but aren't really scaling at the rate that they'd like. Um, so for example, pre Poos Bay, have you ever heard of that? No, no, actually no. <laughs> <laughs> It's basically what it sounds like. <laughs> Before you go to the bathroom, you use this spray and it, it like it's made with essential oils so it creates a seal on top of the water um, and it keeps all the smell in and it smells great. So yeah, they're doing really well. There's one company in the US which is huge doing something similar and so we're now working on making this company huge. Great. Thanks, uh, Lucy. So can you tell us uh, a bit of summary of like the process of launching an e-commerce business? Yeah, sure. So it really depends on what category you fall into. You're either someone who has capital or someone who doesn't. If you don't have capital, then I think the best step is to bootstrap it as quickly as you can, get to market and start selling because you'll be able to then make profit and bring that profit back into the company and do good things with it. If you have a little bit of capital, we do always recommend to you to start with a brand strategy, a website, a digital strategy, and good photography and assets that support both the website and the digital strategy. Um, and that's just a really nice way to launch, but it depends what, what situation that you're in. Great. So um, you talk about something on LinkedIn that the importance of having a roadmap for a business. So how does a roadmap help an e-commerce business? Roadmap? <laughs> so yeah. 
Most e-commerce businesses are started as lifestyle businesses, which means people start them because they want a business to make enough money that they can quit their jobs. And as a result, a lot of the people starting them don't have business training, management training, or any sort of like internal structure that because they've been in a big business or they've built one before. So what we find is a lot of people have really messy internal businesses and having a roadmap as an e-commerce business and treating your e-commerce business a bit like a product, a digital product, and managing it as such actually means that you can scale a lot quicker, um, particularly if you do a really good roadmap, which means as each month goes by, the growth starts to accelerate um, based on the order of the projects and which order you do them in. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It mostly yeah. Um, aligns to your objectives of starting a business. Yeah, and so for example, one really good example of this is my client was trying to figure out whether she should do Facebook ads first or fix up her website. And um, when you look at something, a situation like that, you wouldn't necessarily want to do Facebook ads first on a poorly designed slash optimized website because you'd be wasting your time and money. So when you're looking at your own roadmap for your e-commerce business to whoever's watching this, um, do it so that the order of projects and the work that you do actually builds up the speed of your growth. So website, then Facebook ads. Great. So how does a person who is launching a new e-commerce business know which one to prioritize? Like is the landing page come first or the ads or you know, the product, so how do they make the right decisions? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's no real strategy because it's so broad with e-commerce. And this is one of the hardest things about being an e-commerce founder is that you have to be so good at so many different things. But typically you want your portal or the place where people buy to be pretty schmick, um, whether that's a landing page, a product page or a homepage, have that done really well and then everything else sort of plays off that mm. okay good so you've marketed so many products on uh on any commerce so uh, is there a fit a uh, certain type of product that is a better fit for e-commerce you know like for example the different types of like i um would you sell furniture on e-commerce or is it like a handheld uh, product is better for selling on e-commerce because like there are many factors like shipping and things like that yeah look i think i think koala and and there are tons of other companies that have innovated as far as shipping like untraditional products but in non-traditional products rather but i would say that if you can find an innovative way to ship people things mm -hmm. um, and even if you can't factoring that into the price of your product I think there will always be people that buy if you're really good at finding them mm -hmm. um, as far as other products I think that the days of being unimaginative with products and importing from Alibaba or dropshipping I'm not saying that they're dead but I am saying that it's going to get harder and harder to get cut through and I also think if you're going to start an e-commerce business or try and build an awesome business that funds your lifestyle wouldn't you do something that you're really proud of and that you spent a lot of time developing and that actually brings something awesome into the world rather than just I don't know importing some crap from China that's yeah. my philosophy yeah, and that's from someone who actually imported crap from China and made <laughs> money from it. So, yeah, I think I think people creating awesome things is going to work really well.
Yeah. So since you brought it up, I want to know what are your thoughts on you know the future of dropshipping. <laughs> I'm not very positive about it. Look, I'm not a fan only because I think it's um, I don't know. Like it's just what value does it provide, and also uh, how much damage are you doing by partaking in that type of business? That's based off my first company, for those of you watching that don't know, we sold face masks. And every single face mask, we sold hundreds of thousands of them, was in a plastic packet. And I myself have experienced this sudden realization, it was like a key turning in my head, right? Of like, oh crap, I've just put hundreds of thousands of plastic packets into the environment to make money. So my thoughts on dropshipping are based on that experience and how I think it's kind of like, yeah, cool, you can make money, but there's lots of ways to make money. Why not do something good with it? Yeah. So, Lucy, I get that you help uh, individuals transition, you know, from having like a full-time job, you know, to maybe successfully have their own e-commerce business, especially women. So, my question to you is, at what point uh, does an individual know that they can fully transition to fully run an e-commerce business? Is it when they have a good amount of uh, in income or a good amount of sales? Um, so we think about it in like a 30 day sprint and we look at the profit that you have coming in on an average month. And if that profit at a, like an average rate is enough sufficient to cover your expenses, both as a business and personally, then that's the time because you can get out and in 30 days, a lot can happen, especially if you're getting really good at digital marketing. So, or if you're, you're willing to put in the work. So I would say at the point, even slightly before you can afford your own expenses and then hustle your ass off and make it work. Great, great stuff. So, um, any, any successful e-commerce, um, your campaigns or stories that you can share with my audience, any interesting ones or successful ones? Yeah, tons. Um, so we had a lead magnet that was super simple. Um, it was just six tips to get the best results for your face masks. We had a discount code in that. We ran ads on it, got really cheap emails and then converted them with a discount code. I think that's really such a basic one that almost anyone can implement literally using that same structure, six tips for X and related to your product and helping people get better results around that. Um, as far as other things, we gave away a, bal a holiday to Bali um, one month, which tripled our sales, our sales for like that period of the year. So for what product? For the face masks. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So that was really successful. Um, yeah, there's, I think if you give away something major, you can really use it as leverage to incentivize purchases. But even if you're not giving away something major, there's tons of things that you can do with smaller giveaways. Like for example, we had a subscription box and we gave away, I think it was five or six subscriptions. And in exchange, we got a heap of user-generated content. We got um, uh, Facebook testimonials. And then later, those Facebook testimonials got us wholesale deals. So that like they're successful based on revenue. And then there's also other ones which were successful because they got us social proof, which then landed us a major retailer. Great stuff. Um, just now you talk about lead magnets. So what are the tips uh, when it comes to lead magnets that you can give to e-commerce business owners? What are the 
how to create a successful uh, lead magnet and why is it important to have a lead magnet? Oh, because it's yeah. easy to collect emails. I think the like giving away 10% is good, mm -hmm. um, but you can then control how you give that away by restricting access to that 10%. Mm -hmm. So, and it, then you don't also devalue the brand. I'd much rather give value up front in a lead magnet than discount at the front. I'd rather that they potentially receive, well, rather that they signed up for the lead magnet. Maybe they didn't read it and get the discount, but the people that did, it's, it's, they're already signed on to the brand rather than it just being offered at the front of the business. Um, it kind of cheapens the brand. As far as doing different strategies, I think it really depends on your customers and also your product and your business. So if you can build a lead magnet that enhances your customer's experience around your product mm -hmm. without necessarily recommending your product, that is helpful. And what I mean by that is our guidebook on six tips for getting the best results out of your face masks could have been used for any face mask company. And that's why it worked. If you're being super pointed and it's like six tips for getting the best results out of your Trefiel face masks, then it would be more of a sales document. And it, even though it's only a small distinction, it's a huge difference um, in the way people respond to it. Then some other stuff is about using the product, getting better results. But I feel like the more that you can generalize it and run it to many different audiences who may be interested in product or topic relating to your business, then you'll get a better click through and a conversion rate. Great. Um, Lucy, do you have uh, experience selling high ticket products? That means like high price products because in my experience, lead magnets work really well if you're highly selling a product that is like above $1,000 because that's where, you know, the decision making process is longer. So the, yeah. so, so what's your experience with high ticket products? Uh, so I have a consultancy and I use Facebook ads and at the moment we have a like a five or six minute video unlisted video on YouTube that is the lead magnet and I get phone numbers for about $3.50 at the moment and I'm converting them for a minimum $5,000 program. Um, so yeah, it works. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. You have to be good on the phone with my method but I'm sure people convert through emails and otherwise. Yeah. So you were saying you were running YouTube ads for your online course, is it? No. So I'm running Facebook ads. Okay. And the my lead magnet for the consultancy is just an unlisted YouTube video. Oh, I see. I see. Great. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a good idea. So. Yeah. Uh, so like being in in Melbourne, Australia. Um, so like like running an e-commerce business, you would be, I, I think, potentially selling to Australia. So um, how does like location or shipping, you know, like affect you as an e-commerce business owner? Do you um, ship overseas or is like shipping a, a major factor in, when it comes to running an e-commerce business? Yeah, look, it's definitely a factor. And I think... Yeah. Initially, so we have clients going through this at the moment where they're in New Zealand and they're just starting to get traction with their Facebook ads. And now it's like, okay, New Zealand is super similar to Australia. So we can almost guarantee that what we're doing as far as the strategy there will closely apply to Australia. And it's become to the point now where we won't actually convert as high because running ads with 
cost of shipping to Australia isn't going to cut it. So I think when when thinking about breaking into new markets and scaling an e-commerce business, it's okay to run it for a while and absorb the cost of that growth. Yeah. Um, but if it starts working and you get traction through your acquisition channels, then it's a really, really, really good idea to get the product over to the country that you're trying to break into. Even if it's only a small amount Yeah. to see yeah. what happens. So we, our client is literally shipping us 20 units and we're going to run the ads and see how it goes. And if it goes like quick, then we're like, okay, cool. We need a 3PL here. Let's scale this out. Wow. Yeah. So get, get some, a good amount of product to that new market first. That's, yeah. that's the strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, others you're losing too much money, right? Like you yeah. could be, you could run ads, but she'd be absorb, absorbing like at least 15 to $20 of shipping. And that, like in an e-commerce business with, let's say, on average 50% margins, that's that combined with the acquisition cost basically means there's no profit. So, yeah, not really. Great, great practical advice. So, so yeah. yeah, if like I wanted to sell something in Australia, I'll be keep that in mind. Um, so, what are the common mistakes you know for e-commerce business owners? Oh my god. Um, so. <laughs> So many. Uh, depends what stage they're at. If they're launching, people always seem to either go down one of two paths. They'll either not spend any time on acquisition or they'll spend or okay so actually i'll break it into gender because it almost always applies um we see our female clients go all in on branding and brand awareness and marketing which is awesome but then they never make any money and then our male clients are amazing at scaling businesses we don't have to teach them anything about growth but they suck at retaining them so it's like trying to bring like these two you know different strengths together and get the best of both worlds. I think that's probably the biggest mistake. The other thing is only running one sales channel at any given time. Like my friend has a multi-million dollar e-commerce business and he only uses Facebook ads and he will die when the acquisition costs go up. So it's really important to run your channels in parallel to each other and do partnerships, do wholesale, do Facebook ads or paid acquisition and then do organic as well everything all at the same time. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll give you a more definitive question. So what are the advantages of having your own store, you know, versus putting up your product on a platform like Amazon? I can't really answer that because I haven't done Amazon. No, not Amazon, yeah, but any platform. I don't know what, what you use in Australia. Like here I in Asia, yeah. It's Lazada. Yeah, yeah. Many, but um, like from my perspective, you have full control of the brand, which means you can mm -hmm. do basically anything that you want and you can be very hands-on with your customers and completely control the experience. That can mm -hmm. be great as far as an acquisition and retention perspective. Mm -hmm. um, but then the other thing is, is that you're not on a platform that has however many users that Amazon has. So mm -hmm. there's yeah. good and bad to both of it. And, yeah. and again, it's about like the channels running together it should it shouldn't be one or the other it should be both yeah so so um i'll just give my insight on this uh, what's happening in asia so in asia there are very a lot of e-commerce giants so there's lazada in, in indonesia there's tokopedia so what happens is there they will take a margin out of your sale and 
but you, know, you have to do both. Do your own store and do the online platform because you cannot compete with the online platform when it comes to Google Ads. They will be uh, very massive on Google Ads, but putting your product on an online platform doesn't give you the data. So you would not be able to run any, you wouldn't have any customer data or any data for ads. Mm -hmm. So that's the downside, but you, sh you also can't compete with them. They, they basically dominate some verticals. So that's the yeah, pros that's and cons. Cool. Yeah. Well, I have to. I have to come talk to you when the skincare company launches. And you <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, in in terms of customer acquisition, you know, what is better, Facebook ads or Google ads or any sort, any other sorts of ads? That depends on where your customers are. Yeah. Um, and who your customers are and how they like to spend their time. So mm -hmm. we are seeing. Even actually, this is a really good example. I was running ads for the consultancy business to IC, and for 25 to 35 year old women, I was getting $35 phone numbers. And I was like, I can't afford. I mean, I can afford it if I close a $5,000 minimum program, but I can't really, like, it's not really sustainable. So I moved the rate, or rather, the demographic age up from 35 to 50, and now I'm getting $3.50 phone mm -hmm. numbers and they're converting at a high percentage. So yeah, like I think not to say that I couldn't convert 25 to 35 year old women, maybe it would do better on Instagram. Don't know. Maybe YouTube. Don't know. Have to test that out. But you really, it really made me become aware of the fact that I need to firstly know who my customers are and secondly, really understand where they are and then deliver the content that they need. Great stuff. Um, do you get, so my experience, uh, the quality face, uh, of customers coming from Google for certain products is, is higher because when you search for a very specific uh, product, like, you know, like skincare from Korea or something like that. So it's, it's more high intense. So long yeah, long tail and high intense. So any advice when, you, uh, when it comes to Google ads? None. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done a lot with them, to be honest. Like the only AdWords that we ran were for a misspelling of the first company's name. Because I, you know how your iPhone autocorrects? Yeah. Yeah, so whenever you typed my first company's name in, it corrected to something else, which was a pain in the butt <laughs> and expensive. So yeah, that's my only experience. I haven't delved into that. Cool. Um, and... Um so you talked about like having a lead magnet and you know potentially even have uh, a salesperson as part of the funnel so do, do any of your clients or any of your businesses uh, have a salesperson built into an e-commerce business no but we have someone coming in at the moment who has a vegan product mm -hmm. um and they're not going to be able to ship it because it needs to be in needs to be chilled it's like a refrigerated product so instead we're running ads for wholesalers and they will need to take phone numbers and make sales. I think if you're looking for wholesalers, very specific, or maybe even mass wholesale, that's yeah. a really smart way to do it. Like let's say you have a product that goes into restaurants or cafes or something. Mm -hmm. You could run ads on that and call people and make sales over the phone. Yeah, that's where the lead magnet is amazing. So it's more like B2B. So in Malaysia, we have like a POS system running like Facebook ads, video ads, and they target people who watch 20 seconds of the ads and, and get yeah. and then call and then potentially, you know, call or send an ad to them. So 
Um, when it comes to e-commerce, yeah. When it comes to e-commerce, uh, what are some of the bad advice that you have heard? <laughs> so much. Uh, probably the thing that everyone comes to me about is that they have to be on Instagram. It's like, well, why do you have to be on Instagram? And possibly, and second of all, why do you have to do Instagram organic? It's so ineffective. Like as a long-term player, I guess, yeah, but not as like a, we just launched and this is all we're going to do all day, every day. Um, bad advice, people choosing to run an e-commerce business only on Facebook ads. I think that's so stupid and, and not building, to be honest, not putting a profit philosophy into the business because I think in the next 10 to 15 years, we're going to see a huge shift. Like consumers already want businesses to be for good and essentially at least somewhat close to a social enterprise. And I've had so many conversations with either people that won't add a profit philosophy in or they won't change their materials to non-animal products and they're going to die in the next 10 to 15 years. It's just going to happen. Great. So like in some of the, uh, I think in some of the e-commerce companies, they run very uh, aggressive email marketing. So what are your thoughts on email marketing for e-commerce? Oh my God, I love it. So good. Um, I think it's really smart to keep doing it and combining it with Messenger as well, which is kind of similar um, as far as, actually, I think it's even more effective than email at the moment, but emailing your customers and staying in the loop with them, it's so, so good, both from a typical, um, like an e-commerce standpoint, mm -hmm. as far as like 10% off or this campaign or mm -hmm. gift with purchase or whatever you want to do, and then doing more intimate style email emails with the list where you nurture them about whatever you're working on. So for example, with the new skincare company, I have been literally emailing them every week to let them know what we're working on behind the scenes. We will have, hmm, there's 10,000 people on the list, but from my previous company, but most of them won't convert, but it's just the constant nurturing that will get a lot of them over the line when we do launch. And I think that's really smart for businesses to do the more personal side of things. Yeah, email is a great way, I say, a great way to build relationship with your customers. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, have you had a lot of experience with email? Yeah, I run a lot of email campaigns, uh, but mm. more for high ticket, like I sell an online a coding bootcamp online course, so that takes a lot of nurturing and a lot of education, so a lot, a lot of content, a lot of webinars, a lot of uh, nurturing. So, yeah. so look, looking at, a, sorry? It's super effective, right? Yeah, it's it's a um, so sometimes my my thought is you can't be too salesy. You sometimes mm. it's more uh, you have to create that engagement rather than be salesy. Like you can send them tips every every Friday, or you can like have like weekly tips or something like build a content uh, strategy to your email marketing that works great yeah. as well. Yeah, but that takes a lot of work, so <laughs> you have to prioritize. If you can't do it, don't do it. True. Yeah. Very true. So Although sometimes semi-consistency is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you can't show up every week, but maybe you could show up every fortnight or every three weeks is probably too long. But I think two weeks would be okay. What do you think? Um, I think if possible, do it weekly. But yeah, two weeks is fine as well. On a personal personal level, I'm trying to grow my email list. So after this, I'm mm -hmm. going to set up like a get response account. 
and grow my personal email list so that you know in the future maybe I could monetize it. So any any advice you can give for growing an email list? Um, so like I think both e-commerce and service or personal brand stuff is pretty similar, like having lead magnets and free stuff like that um, obviously really helps. The other thing that I do a lot of is just like in the trenches, in Facebook groups, in communities, giving value, posting the blog posts that I'm creating. And a lot of the subscribers that I've gotten from on my email list are from that type of stuff. It's not exactly fast, it's not exactly scalable, but the people that join through that method are definitely more engaged than perhaps the ones that I purchase through Facebook ads. Yeah, great stuff. It's more like the relationship has been built, you know, rather than someone cold coming from Facebook. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any experience with that? I haven't uh, spent a lot of time doing this. On what? On personal branding? Just growing your list. Like, have you done much? Oh, I'm it? just trying to start it. <laughs> no, um, for, um, for my clients, they already have email lists. So it's more of um, creating content for their email list. Um, and in my experience, uh, Facebook converts really well. So um, email is sort of uh, a, a way. Uh, it's very important to get an email list. So for Facebook ads, you can do remarketing. You can do lookalikes. So that's the value when I see when it comes to Facebook uh, email list. So, mm -hmm. but it's also a great way to uh, remind people to purchase before the deadline and so on. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, looking at e-commerce businesses, you know, what are when you look at an e-commerce business, what are the characteristics of a successful e-commerce business? What do you look at? Okay, so there are four. Um, there's the product it has to be kick-ass and coming back to what I said about not just importing something from China. I mean, don't get me wrong, you can and you can make good money if you get the branding right, but having a really unique product certainly makes it a lot easier. People, so understanding the customer so deeply that the business is almost like a mirror reflection of who they are is the second thing. Profit is the third. Um, how you use the profit. People want to buy from companies that make them feel good about their consumerism. Mm. It's amazing. So having that type of profit philosophy, whether it's only 10% or you're a totally social enterprise is really, really important going into the future. And the last thing is processes, and that's how you do business. How do you make the customer feel? How does the company run? These types of things. Great. So I have a more theoretical question. So um, what would you choose? Um, you know, a higher price, good margin, or would you price your product lower to get uh, the volume in sales? Oh my God. Um, good question. So the first company we had, I had the skincare company or the face mask company that was really difficult to do anything interesting with because there wasn't really enough margin. There was a, like a 50% margin at best, which is still okay. But it really limited me as far as what I can do with the business. I think there are companies out there like High Smile and Frank Body that have really nailed the lower margin um, mass volume sort of model. But me personally, with the second skincare company that I'm about to launch, I am so excited to have a bit more margin so that you can actually reinvest into the company and grow it quicker. It's tough work having a low margin business. That's why I don't really like dropshipping. Yeah. Uh, one of the common um, 
issues or challenges that look like Asian e-commerce companies have is the low margin. So they can get, whoa, like 1 million revenue, but the revenue doesn't mean anything because the margin is so low and it takes a lot to maintain that business. So, yeah. So yeah. Oh, have, you had any, have you had any products to market that uh, is, is sort of, not say illegal, but is that, that uh, advertising is not allowed. So I'll give you an example. So in Asia here, um, things like, um, things like, um, how to say, like hemp oil or any uh, cannabis product is not, uh, you're not uh, allowed to advertise. So I've seen like e-commerce business owners like really grow that through organic content. And you know, the weight, weight, uh, the smoking weight machine. So it's not, you're not allowed to advertise that on Facebook. So I have a friend who grew that business just by doing, you know, organic content and email. Wow. Yeah. So like lead magnets and organic content. So you have any experience with products that are not allowed to advertise? Um, no, I don't. Maybe you will soon. Maybe you will soon. So yeah. <laughs> now. I uh, hope. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds challenging. Um, it does, yeah, Australia doesn't let cannabis in. So I'm not sure, but I'm I'm sure there are blogs out there about doing it, surely. Have yeah. you come across something like that? Um, are, yeah, there are quite a number here in Asia uh, because we have such a high population uh, that if you manage to sell something, you generally get a huge volume. So like we have like weight mm. uh, machines like selling here that you created a weight club and sell it. So that's that's one of the things that it will be interesting if you get some sort of kind like this in the future. Yeah, so, yeah, that would be interesting. I'll let you know. Yeah. So like when it comes to you know e-commerce, people always ask me this question, uh, but I want to hear your take on this. They'll ask me, you know, what platform should I choose? You know, should I do it on Shopify or WooCommerce or or anything else? So what's what's your opinion on that? I think if you can code, you should do WooCom because it's cheaper. And I think if you don't know anything about it, um, you should go to Shopify. Yeah. Because if you don't know how to code in your own WooCom, things are going to break. They always do. Yeah. Um, I don't know why WooCom is so buggy, but it can be. And then you'll have to pay a developer to sort it out. And like, given that you don't know anything about bug fixing or development, you can get either taken for a ride by that developer because they know that you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. or it's going to be a massive expense so and sometimes like the first company for me was on wordpress and i don't know if i would do it again like with the volume and everything because the servers were crashing and if an influencer posted and it went nuts it was just it's just painful and shopify handles all of that yeah so so there is um there i read an article recently that you should do both in a way that your yeah. content should be on WordPress, but you know, set up your store in Shopify. So that's one way to do yeah. it because there's a lot of advantages for SEO when it comes to WordPress uh, because of the code, you know, like the structure of the code. But really I, cool. yeah, I do love Shopify because of the Facebook ads integration. So you can do your product uh, integrated straight to your Facebook ads manager and you can do like, catalog ads straight away from Shopify. So those sort of integrations are not possible with WooCommerce. 
No, that's really smart. I hadn't heard of that. And it's actually a really good point. I'm definitely going to do that with the skincare company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool stuff. Um, so one, um, one more thing that I saw, you have an online course for time management for business owners. You know, when you're running your own e-commerce business, you might be strapped for time, especially you have, if you have like a full-time job. So what are some of the time management tips for you know, people running their own business? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, and I don't know if this is relevant, I guess it depends who's watching and what they have on their plate, but a lot of people get stuck in the stuff that doesn't matter. Like, as I was saying before, a lot of people come to me and say, oh, Instagram's everything, and they spend all day doing that. And I just think, like, if you took three hours of your day and spent that on generating wholesale sales or partnerships or, I don't know, Facebook ads or whatever you want to do, that would be such a better investment of time than engaging your community on Instagram. And I say that understanding the importance of community because we had one with the first company and it was awesome, but also we didn't make money for the first nine months of the business because I thought it was all about community and all about engagement and all about organic. And it's, it's both, but definitely most of your time should be spent on making money. Yeah. Great. And everything else is everything else is either not that important or can be delegated. Yeah, that's like time is money. <laughs> that's the best best tip ever. Great summary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Prioritize your time. So I always think that if this doesn't make a difference to my business in terms of money, you know, why spend time doing it? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. And we measure it against growth. So, like sometimes you have to do stuff that isn't going to necessarily give you immediate growth. But then there are some things which will explode your business. So balancing that, those two together by giving them, them the appropriate amount of time for the results that they will generate. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's the way to do it. Cool. So uh, you, you are also an instructor at Academy C. So you are the product management instructor. So tell us what is uh, product management? So product management is based essentially it comes from working on tech products and treating it like product manager sits in the middle of a tech product and they listen to the devs and they listen to the customers and then they listen to the business it's like standing in the middle of a triangle and basically your job as the product manager is to make good decisions for the product overall that not only meets the customer's needs but it meets the business requirements as well um, so product management in e-commerce is so important, but most people don't know about it and don't treat their e-commerce business like a product. Wow. That's, that's great for startups and, you know, yeah, running an e-commerce business. So yeah. what, what are the uh, qualities you need to have to be a great uh, product manager? <laughs> Organization. <laughs> okay. Um, I think being empathetic as well is really important. I have, business friends who are amazing business people, incredible, but the customers don't care about the business. So one of my friends has a $10 million business and he has 1% customer retention. And I was saying to him, I was like, okay, so 1% of one, uh, 10 million, like that's tiny. What if you got that up to the industry average 22%? Like it just makes sense to invest into that. And to him, it's all about the immediate business gain but if someone was treating that business like a product and actually cared about the customers on the other side of things 
not only would the business be growing faster, but it'd be making more money. So that's why it's important to treat your e-commerce business like a product. Great. So yeah, we are about to end here. Great stuff on product management. I've learned so much. So um, for my audience, any, what type of marketing tools have made a big difference to you? Trailer. Okay. I, yeah, like I spend so much time managing e-commerce businesses in that. Um, Zapier is amazing. So good for automating everything. And it's super cheap as well. Um, and those are the only two that are coming to mind at the moment. Yeah, um, for most of my audience are marketed. So like any books that you have read that make an impact to, to yourself? Uh, um, this is a really good question. So I think reading Ayn Rand's, um, she wrote Atlas Shrugged. It was a really amazing work on fiction, uh, like a beautiful fiction book. And she also has non-fiction books about how to do good writing. I think any marketer who can write can sell pretty much anything in any medium. So investing into that skill is really, really smart. Mm -hmm. um, there are tons of non-fiction books around marketing. I'm sure most of your listeners have read it, but I read them, they're everywhere. But I would say that as a marketer, I also think it's really important to read good fiction because then you learn the art of storytelling and, and um, expressing colorfully, which is so important. Yeah. Great stuff. Okay. Last second, last question. So yeah, you talk to a lot of audience, which are women. So like, why should women start their own businesses? Because I see that there's a trend like, or not really a trend that more women are trying to take up e-commerce as a business. So why should women take up, you know, starting a business? Because it's liberating because it empowers you because it's awesome being a woman in business and changing people's lives and doing things, doing things differently. Like it's not to say that men or women are, are better. We're just different. And then we often run businesses differently. And I think women bring such a unique take to business and the world needs more of it. Yeah. Great stuff. So uh, last thing. So if you are, you know, starting your own e-commerce business, do reach out to Lucy. You know, she'll have a one hour free consultation on how to get your e-commerce business started. So thank you, Lucy, for being on the show. So um, thank you. We'll see each other on LinkedIn. Awesome. See you soon. See you.